Hello everyone and welcome to Black Girls Inc. I'm your girl Sister Goose and I have my lovely mother who is my co-host with me. A.K.A. Karen aka Sugar Mama. Not Sugar Mama like Sugar Daddy. Sugar Mama from my grandbabies. That's right. And mom today I am very excited. Again, I'm always excited yes, about our special guest. <laughs> I cannot wait for you to talk to her, Mom. I had such a good conversation with her before. Mm. Today we have our special guest, Arthur, Miss Sparkle Richards. Everybody help oh. Yes, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for coming on the show, Miss Sparkles. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Can you please tell everyone what the title of your book is and what it's about? Of course, I'd be glad to. So, my newest novel, I have four books. My newest novel is called Tetobi. And Tetobi is a colloquial word from Trinidad. It means to be totally foolish in love. It comes from the French phrase Totama Abbey. So, Tetobi is the title of the book, and it's about being besotted, you know, head over heels in love with someone to the point of making foolish decisions for love. Okay. That's what's up. Now, I have to ask you, what made you write this book? Like, you could write about anything else, so what made you write this book specifically? Well, about about five years ago, I was working on Mocha, which was my first erotic novel, and when I was working on Mocha, like halfway through, I had the burning desire to write this different novel, very separate, very, very different from Mocha. Mm-hmm. And while I was working on it, I realized I couldn't do both at the same time. And it was very, very difficult for me because, you know, Tsukobi was so gritty and Mocha was so romantic and I didn't know, like, if I could do those two books in that same space. Right. Right. And after I finished working on Mocha, which was really my baby at the time, the thing I started, I was very proud that I was working on Mocha because then Mocha became a bestseller in Trinidad and sold out four times. Mm. So I felt like I had made like the right decision, like I had chosen the right book to go ahead and write that would appeal to my readership and to the people who really wanted to support me. But even after that, Tickle Bay was still in my mind, it was like always there. And when I did my follow-up novel, Red, in 2018, I was like, okay, after this, I'll do Tickle Bay, right? When when, when I'm able to move on to my next part, I do to so it'll be finally like it'll have its moment to write this really, you know, psychosexual thriller of a novel, something very different from my erotic novels that I've worked on in the past. But around that time, um, a young lady in my country sadly died very similarly to the character in the main story of Sophie. And I felt it was highly impossible for me to do that. I was like, I would never want to put anybody's parents through this emotional like roller coaster of, of reading something so similar or hearing that somebody wrote something so similar to how their child died, even if it had nothing to do with that person that had been written long before this young person had lost her life. Mm-hmm. 
and she had actually, um, she was she had grown up in a neighborhood where my mother was from, so I felt even more connected to the story and more connected to her particular tragedy, so it, it was impossible for me to go ahead and write the book as it was. So I contacted their friend in Jamaica, his name is Rena Allen, and he's a filmmaker there, and I said, you know, Rena, I cannot put this book out in Trinidad, and it's not done, it's just like an idea of a book, but if you want to take it in Jamaica and you can make something, something different of it there, then you could feel free to write you know, a screenplay around this, this story idea, and he was excited to do it, but then he never got around to it. So it cut to 2019, and I'm like, the book has not been developed, and it's not being made into a movie, mm-hmm. so it gives me the opportunity now to go back to the passion project and make it different, and that's how I came about, like, the rewrite process of the book, the complete change of what the story was about, the focus, and it, it seems like if I was writing the story for my whole life <laughs> because I haven't really written it until 
uh, to go a little deeper, and that's how MoCA was born, that's how I started my, my career in erotica, it was kind of trying to challenge the concept of, of her perspective and create it and make it my own and to give it a little bit more flavor and to go a little deeper than, you know, the traditional um, erotic novels that were out there. Yeah, I just I find that very interesting, and I felt the same way you did about Fifty Shades of Grey when I read it too. I, I didn't uh-huh. find it was a good book, like we said. We're not knocking her; she wrote a very good book. But I feel like I was missing the big bang that I was expecting uh-huh. to come to. So I know just uh-huh. I've never read it, so I don't know. You never read it? No. I'm gonna have to make that uh-huh. mission. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, hopefully you'll read mine. Hopefully you'll, you'll start with one of mine. We're gonna start with one of yours first because my yeah. mom, she does like Zane books. I do. Okay, oh, so you are, yeah, you are a person that people might compare to Zane, but there is something mm-hmm. different about Miss Sparkles oh. that I think you are very <laughs> interesting. And the difference is Sparkles don't just talk about the woman's side. Oh. She tells you the man's side too. Can you explain that for everyone? Yes. So um, when I was working on Mocha, I thought it was going to take me about six months to finish the book. Because I was on track with what I wanted to see, and I had outlined Mocha in a specific way. And, you know, chatting over the books of friends, you know, one of my former co-workers, and she was excited to see what, it, what the ending would be like. And so the ending finally came about, about maybe six months later, because I thought it was going to be done really fast, but that's just not how books work. Books tell you when they're done. You don't tell it when it's done, right? Okay. So I had to go through the process of making sure the book was tailored and ready. When I eventually showed her the book, she says to me, well, you know, it's really good, but that's like the worst thing you would tell an author. Like, uh-huh. it's really good, but, like, my heart was in my throat, like, but what, but what? And she goes, it would be really interesting if we knew how the man felt about the relationship. And I was like, what? And uh, she's like, yeah, it would be really good if we saw his point of view of the betrayal and his point of view of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I, I'm done. But I'm done. I'm in a year. I've worked so hard. And I remember coming home, but I couldn't stop thinking about what she said. Like, it, it literally was like an earworm. It couldn't leave me alone. I kept thinking about how we conceptualize the relationship, how it would be that I made sure to have two sides of the story. So the first half of that book is written from her point of view of the relationship. Okay. And the second half of the book is written from his point of view. And it actually took me a lot less time to write his side of the book. But it was even thicker than her side. His back was much more in-depth. I felt like he was more connected to his emotions. So it was an interesting point of view to write Mocha that way and to give two aspects of the same sexual relationship. Right. I love that. That sounds interesting. That's what wow. I was saying. So Thank you. With that I've being... Never read, and I read romance novels a lot, so I've never exactly. really... Exactly. They don't really tell, no. like, a lot of the men's point no, of view. No, It's mostly about the women. And they put the men in there a little bit. But not where, oh. like, they're giving the whole, like, scene no, about what the man is feeling. It's the scene of what the man is, what the woman is feeling. Yeah. That's what we go back. So, oh, no, look at movies. Oh. That's what they show, too. Exactly. So, so I have to oh. ask you, with that being said, is your audience oh. more than just women, then, since you make it that way? Do you have men read your book, too? I have actually just as many male fans as I have female fans. Well, that's, well, that's um, reason, reason. I find that... Oh, I'm sorry. Thank she you. said that's more reason for her to read it then. So, see what they, <laughs> so, so she can see, see what they're they thinking. 
And I remember working really hard on my first book, and you know, someone I worked with, my manager, asked me if the book was a sex book. I said, well, no, it's not a sex book, it's, it's a novel. And she was like, is there any sex in it? And I was like, yes. And she goes, okay, great, fantastic. And then we had a rally at work, and you know, we were all talking about business, and then she starts making announcements about things that are happening, and then she said, congratulations to Sparkle on writing her sex book. And I, I couldn't breathe. I felt like if I was, I was being singled out, like it wasn't part of the city, because she had spoken before me, this idea had been set about the book long before I could create what it really was, and my first book, Bacchanal, was not an erotic novel at all. So I felt misrepresented, but it was a foreshadowing of things to come, because, you know, when you write erotic, sometimes people don't really have respect for you and that genre. They think that you're writing a thrilling diary, or that you are in some way seeking sexual attention, or people think that you are the person to come to sexual advice, you know, and that's a big responsibility as well. And I've dealt with my fair share of people making prejudgments about me and not wanting to support me based on what I write because it's have a, a difficulty with separating between what craft and artistry is mm-hmm. and what I am and who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it is very difficult at times dealing with people because they think that sex is dirty and because they have these connotations, by talking to the person writing it, therefore is also considered to be a dirty person too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so y'all heard it here. All right, for those who be thinking that our books that we like to read like that are sex books, it's more than just that. Yes. So don't just uh-huh. assume that that's what it is. Because as I told you before, I was uh-huh. when I came from the library. I was excited about my book with me and my sister. And as we was reading one of our books, somebody said to me, oh, you reading a sex book? As if, why are you reading a sex book on a bus? Like, you feel embarrassed, and you said it all loud, Mm -hmm. and people's looking, and I'm just like, really? So then, I started to cover up what the book was, so people Uh wouldn't know what I was reading, because I didn't want people Mm -hmm. all up in my business thinking I'm just reading a sex book, as you call it. But Uh I like Mm -hmm. what you do for your customers when they get your book. Can you explain how you help them with that situation? Right, so early on I realized that when I was working on my first novel, there was no erotica, there was no erotic title, there was no sexy cover, so there was no need to think about the consumer in that way, think about the client in that way. But when I started working on erotica, I did realize it was a little bit different. So I considered it like a gift from me to that client, so I wrap it for that client. But it's wrapped in tissue paper, and the tissue paper is usually a color associated with the book itself, and then it's closed with a wax seal. And that's really to protect the client from opening up the book in a place where they may not necessarily feel comfortable having a conversation about sex and sexuality, and their privacy is protected. I've known people who are actually going on to use those wrappings as book covers so they can protect the book. And I understand that too, you know, not because you're open and aware of your sexuality, doesn't mean that you want other people to draw conjecture about that and open up dialogue about your sexuality differently. So, you know, for my, for my consumers and my clients, I, I read about most of my clients. I make sure that there's a receive the item. I make a big deal about how it's presented mm-hmm. because I want them to have a chance to unveil the book themselves and to decide when they want for people to know what they're reading. Right. Exactly. I really find that very unique about you, and I thank you for doing that for readers like me. So see y'all, like I said, Miss Sparkles is unique and she got your back if you don't want everybody all up in your business 
when you get her book. She know how to disguise that. All right. Mm -hmm. So, um, what other books do you have? Can you let people know the names of the other books that you have? I would be glad to let them know. So my first ever novel was written in 2010, and it's available on Amazon Kindle. And it's called The Next Bacchanal. And Bacchanal comes from a Greek word. It means drama. So if you've ever watched Gory or Jerry Springer, you know what Bacchanal is. It's the chaos and the drama that comes with those types of shows. And the first book is really a drama. Mm -hmm. And The Next Bacchanal is really not a new article. It's really about seven friends and seven relationships and how that plays out because one of the friends is involved in organized crime. So it affects all of your lives, kind of similar to the idea of movie Crash, where you begin with thinking that all these people are separate, and then eventually you realize that they're all more connected than you could imagine. Um, my second novel, Mocha, which we discussed a little bit, is about Sonia. She falls in love with her husband when she's a young girl. They get married and they have a beautiful life together. And the book kind of begins with her husband telling her not only has he betrayed her, he has gotten his best friend's girlfriend pregnant. Mm. And so she's destroyed because this is all she ever wanted with her husband was to have a family and she's had such a hard time developing that family. Mm. And these are people that she's welcomed into her life. And so she and her husband's best friend are both finding out in the beginning of the book that their significant others have been messing around together behind their back. They become instead entwined because of the grief of losing these two people and they start to have a very energetic revenge sex battle going on. It almost comes off like these two people are hypercharged and they're both becoming awakened together in their sexuality because they both wanted to be loved so badly. And the relationship takes on a really interesting twist because you get to see how he finds out individually of, of her, like how the male character Tyson finds out that he was betrayed by his girlfriend, Gabby. Mm. And we find out how um, Sonia is betrayed by her husband, Calvin, separately. So you can see like kind of the both parts of the story take place differently, but with the same things happening at the same point. So you can draw your own opinion about these relationships. And that came out in 2016, and that's the one that has been a bestseller in Trinidad and sold out four times and, and has continued to be kind of like the book that I'm known for. Uh, my third novel read was kind of a response to what happened with Mocha. It was kind of about this love story of two people who couldn't really make it work. And then I decided that I was going to do a different type of take on that, where I was going to write a, a different shade of Mocha. And so that's how that came about, and it was about the socialite married for love and for money because she really wanted to be kind of, you know, possessed and loved by a really rich man. But the relationship has no love in it and she's gotten to a point in her life where appearances become one point, like how people perceive her and her beauty and she's a former man today and that's where I'm from. So she's a beauty queen and she has this very beautiful life on the outside but on the inside her husband pretty much is abusive to her. And the story kind of takes a turn when she falls in love with a man who she's had to pay for sex. Yeah. She has this arrangement with him and she feels things that she's never thought before for anyone. And now she's conflicted because through the course of the story, she doesn't know who to choose. Does she go back to the life of security that she's had with the man that she's with when she's treating her horribly or who she knows could be deceptive because she's paying him for sex. Mm -hmm. So the story starts to take on a very interesting turn in red and both Mocha and Red are available on my website, trinidotica.com. 
And then, of course, now we have Tickle Bee, the new baby on the block. So Tickle Bee is, is, is my new offering for 2020. It's about two people who are very much in love, but they don't really know how to be in love with each other yet. They're in love with love. And we meet Maya really early in the book, and Maya is looking for anybody who will accept her, and she meets all of the blunders that women tend to make in their young lives when they're trying to find a man who can love and respect them. And she certainly has to talk too cheaply for people because she's looking at being 30 years old and not married and have no children and no future. And on the opposite side of that, we have Lucky, who would do anything to be with Maya and obviously is willing to, to do criminal things to have her be with him. Mm. So the story starts to take on an interesting arc where you don't know which one of them is more crazy in love. And if they're in love with each other or really just with the idea of that. So it's a really um, heady thrill ride because it's a first time we're into writing a thriller or writing horror because Lucky himself is a very dark character to, to push that envelope and it takes the book in kind of a different direction than erotica. There's a lot of erotic elements for sure, but the story is more driven by these interactions between Lucky and Maya and how much they're really um, wanting and, and desperate to be foolish for love. Okay, I really like that. I'm liking what all your books is about, girl. They sound interesting. Thank you. They really, Thank really you. do. Thank thing you. you want people to take from your books? Like, what's the main thing you want them to take from it when they read your books? You know, for a long time, I, I wasn't too sure what the story uh, was going to be and what my kind of like cornerstone would be in my own personal story. Mm-hmm. But after this year and all that has happened, I think more than before, it's very important for me for readers to make connections with other people in their lives. You know, the pandemic for sure has allowed me to slow down and take extra time for the people who really matter and to focus on the things I really love, like my book. Had it not been for the pandemic, I don't know if I would have finished Triple B this year. I might have had to push it to next year because I've been working. And recently I lost my job, so it gave me an opportunity to open up this door for my book and to really pursue the things that I wanted to craft and better in it. And it also opened up a, a pathway for me to take some time and slow down and to appreciate the people who are in my life and to appreciate that I have a life outside of, of hard work and business and writing and everything else. And if there's anything that I've learned about writing is that it's a commitment. It's not like listening to music or turning on a TV where you can just kind of overhear what's happening. To write and to read, you have to slow down and engage with the story and fall in love with the characters. And that allows you that space to really kind of imagine better connections and better interactions between these characters in the book, but it also creates the idea that you can slow down in your life too and you can appreciate the things that are really taking place in the real world. So it was one lesson I want my readers to ever take is that once you slow down and connect with other people, your life will be enriched. And that's kind of the one thing that I think real life has in common with writing. Okay, I like that. All right. So ladies... Ladies, it's time for tea time. Sparkles, you ready to do some tea time with us, girl? I am born ready. <laughs> All right. So tea time is when we always make up a topic either about your book or what the theme your book is on or a character or maybe a phrase that you use in your book. And today our tea time for Miss Sparkles is why do you think women are not as bold to show their sexuality? 
So, you know, Mm-hmm. Go ahead, <laughs> Sparkles. You start us off. Why do you think? What was that? I said, you go ahead and start us off, girl. Why do you think women are not as bold to show their sexuality? Go ahead. I, I think when we're little, women are conditioned differently sexually and otherwise. We're kind of told to sit up straight and cross your legs and not to speak too loud. And then when bad things happen, it's harder for us to be able to kind of send those things off and to know how to react because a lot of our initial response to things has been kind of pulled down. And so it's even more difficult to have a voice and to see how you feel about things and how to be sexual openly because it's considered to be such a difficult thing. You know, it's set up to be a difficult thing because you're not really allowed to have the regular responses. It's only now that we're seeing that those shifts in culture where people are being told to be their real selves. But for years, we're not been kind of told, like, you know, the, the best women in the world are quiet. The best women in the world are beautiful creatures who don't have feelings or to act like if your feelings are not in control of you because to be emotional or to be sexual is considered to be wrong for you to do, right? To be evil or what you so. So it has made it very difficult for most women to have public sexual conversations without being labeled as a whore or a slut just as much as anybody else who may be having sexual thoughts or experiences. Exactly. I feel the same way. What about you, Sugar Mama? Why do you think women are not as bold to show their sexuality? I think they're not bold because it comes out to, okay, if you're bold about it, then how do you know about that? Where did that experience come from? Did you try that? Were you doing that? So if you're doing that, then that means that I'm not your first. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's not bad if you're a man, if you're a man's first, but if you're not hitting, you know. If, yeah, he's not your first. I get what you're if saying. If you're not his first, it's like, okay, but you got experience, and where did that experience come from, and how do you know about that, and you've been doing that, and how long you've been doing that, and where do you mm-hmm. tied to that? You know, it goes into all of that. But when he knows, it's not that. It's just, okay. Exactly. Good. They assume that a man's just supposed to be that it's way. Supposed to work. He's, he, he's doing it he's learning how it works. But we don't get to learn how it works. We supposed to just uh-huh. go with it. And I think uh-huh. that's why. Yeah. I just think that's. I think that's wrong. But that is very true. That men. It's okay for men, but women, no. Uh. Uh-uh. Like but that's crazy because who's the man having sex with? Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> the man is having sex with a woman, so why is it not okay for us to talk about the same experiences? Right. Yeah, but if we're having these experiences together as men and women, it's so nine, crazy. Nine times out of ten, they want a woman like that. Right. But at the same time, right. you're saying you don't. So I'm, I'm confused. That's just crazy to me. So I think a lot of people just don't know what they want. Exactly. <laughs> right. Well, they, they want to be the teacher and not to be taught. You see what I mean? Well, another reason that I think women have a problem with being bold with their sexuality is if you don't feel sexy, how can you bring something out that you don't have there? Oh, yeah. so That's true. Sure. Have confidence in yourself. Mm. If you don't feel mm-hmm. like you look good, if you don't feel like you all that in a bag of chips, then how are you supposed to be bold about your sexuality? Like, you're going to be shy about it. You know well, what I mean? Because you're still well, trying to find out. But not, that's true for some people because there's yeah. some people who are beautiful, but they have no idea about sex. Or what I know. But I'm just saying, know. I think that that's some of the problem because 
for me, I'm a big girl, okay? And for me, you don't got to tell me I'm sexy, baby. I know I'm sexy. Right. And I give off that vibe okay. to everybody in the room. Okay. I make them look like, what What does this girl got? Like, she got something. <laughs> and I love her. I love her. I love her. You know, I had to take some work to know what I got. It ain't free, baby. Just yeah. know that, too. Yeah. It ain't nothing <laughs> in here, and I ain't giving nothing to everybody. So, that's my point mm-hmm. of... You got to give that vibe off of yourself, yeah. too. Have that confidence. And right. I, I gave that to myself with me being a uh-huh. big girl. And let me explain, Sparkles. I'm going to give you an example. Okay. When I say that I give off that vibe, girl, that I make them say, what do you want? And it's like, they do crazy things for me without me even asking. Mm. Okay? Uh-huh. I uh-huh. had a guy who had such a crush on me. And wanted me because of my personality and stuff. That he he brought me my weave and my sister's weave. He brought both of our hair. Four hundred dollars. <laughs> he was committed. He was committed to the outcome. Yes, because he wanted to talk to me. But this is my thing mm-hmm. that I give off that they like even more. Don't think because you buy mm-hmm. me something, I mean you' supposed to get something. Mm-hmm. That's not how. I have a question for you, right? If you would allow me. Where do you think that confidence came from? Do you think you grew up with that confidence? Or do you feel like that confidence came from, like, hardships and you kind of getting over that in life? Yeah, you know, I think part of it was my mother. Because she put that in me. She just don't know that she put that in Mm -hmm. me. Because she told me I was beautiful all the time. She made me Mm -hmm. feel like I was a bag of chip all the time. And as she said before, she had my dad tell me that too. But I can tell it was genuine when he was telling me it. And so there was nothing nobody could say to me, girl, after that. And once I started, and my other thing was, I knew how people already felt about big girls. So that's why I said a part of it was me too. Mm -hmm. So it's, I can let them bring me down, or I can show them, you know what, I'm not going to let you put no label on me. I'm a big girl, but Uh more than that. And I can look Uh just as good as any other girl in this room. Snaps to you. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to, to me on that, right? It's nice to me. <laughs> I, I appreciate that because I feel like it's, you know, in this business that I'm in, this entertainment type business, I've been told all kinds of things about, you know, body positivity. And body positivity is a new statement for me. You know, for years they've been told that you need to look a certain way and there's so many messages in the media about looking a certain way. And since I was putting on weight, I had such a hard time with that because I felt like I'm not looking how I'm supposed to look. Like the blueprints for what is beautiful is out there and I don't fit into that mold. And I have struggled, I still struggle sometimes with, you know, this idea of body positivity and loving myself at the size that I'm at and, you know, trying to appreciate my own sexy while I'm out here. Sometimes I feel like a little bit, like I'm not really portraying things right when I'm out here talking about sexual things right. and I'm still trying to find myself again right. because I spent so much of my life being a certain size too. I, I was right. very slim most of my 20s and then I had some injuries and some health setbacks and I started putting on weight and it's good to know that, you know, I'm getting this good energy from you right now right. because I need to hear that these things are not just in my head and that I can find a way to kind of overcome that and celebrate that and my own version of sexy and my own body separate from my characters in my book. Yeah. 
Well, Sparkle's low. And I'm just saying, people will see this themselves. I've seen Sparkle's pictures, and y'all, she looked bomb. Okay? Look, when you when I look at your picture in my generation, that's what we call a Miss Thickums, okay? Yes, and I'm just saying and I this is what really made me angry with um mm -hmm. school is that there was a lot of dudes that knocked me in school. You know, because I was big and stuff. Mm. But once we got out of school, do you know how many of them dudes hit me up and tried to get with me when we got out of school? Don't try to hit me up now, because back then you didn't want me. So now that people they you about being with me, don't hit me up now. You didn't like me then, and I don't mm -hmm. want you now. Mm -hmm. So no. But big girls is in. But you know, you, you know what I consider myself? Here go, here go another one, Spark, you can add to the book. Another one is, I consider myself that surprise box. That surprise box that you get, that you don't know that you was getting, but you open it and you be like, dang, I really need that. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> I like that one. I like surprise that one. Box. You didn't know it was in there. You didn't know you was going to yeah. get it. You didn't know you was going to get it, but when you got it, you was like, dang, I, 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 yeah. I need I'm so lucky. It didn't look like something I needed. I didn't know I was getting it. Uh -huh. Dang, if I got it, if I didn't want it. So I just want to say, surprise box. Surprise box. I want to tell all women out there, it's a new generation, yeah. it's a new year. Yeah. Embrace your sexuality. Now, I'm not saying go out there and go all crazy. When I'm saying embrace your sexuality, tell them what you I'm want. saying be sex. Not just tell them what you want, but be sexy for yourself, honey. Right, right, right. And embrace that you look good. All and right. don't hide that you look good. Yeah. You look good. You look good. Yeah. Okay? It's not about all that other people think. It's about how you feel about yourself. If you feel good about yourself and you project that, everybody else around you will project that too. Because they will only see that aspect. They will only see your confidence shine. They will. So, look. I thank you so much for coming on, Miss um, Sparkles. Can you please remind everyone again, like, let them know where they can buy your books at, or if you have a website, or where they can go follow you at. Can you mm -hmm. give them your information? I I would love to do that. So my Instagram is Sparkle Writes Books. So you can find me on Instagram via Sparkle Writes Books. That's my Instagram handle for my business. You can find me on Instagram on Facebook under Sparkle Richards. I have my author page on there. You can contact me anytime that way. I have my own website. My website is trinirafika.com. So Trini, for the country I'm from, T-R-I-N-I. And then Rafika for the end part of Erotica, R-O-T-I-C-A. So trinirafika.com is my website. You can go up on there. You can find more information about the books and other things that I'm offering. You can also leave a review of any of the titles that you've read. And you can contact me that way. And then um, my books are available in Trinidad at Nigeria Khan Booksellers. That's back in the Caribbean. But if you get my books on my website, the very, very first novel is available on Amazon Kindle, which is the next back and out. So there's many, many ways to reach me. My name is Sparkle Richards. I don't buy it, I promise. Okay, I don't buy it very hard. Okay. I am um, here to help and support all readers and writers. And I'm, I really am very engaging and I need that love and help and support because I am a self-published author. Okay. And I am 
one of the very first writers from Trinidad to be able to be writing, you know, internationally and be sending our books internationally. Yes. And I am the first printed, published Trinidadian erotic novelist. So it is a very hard job for me because I do everything. Everything that you see in the books, I have had some art, some part in. I've hired the models that are on my covers. I've gotten the graphic artists to work on the cover. I have done every aspect of it. So I need all the love, help, and support that I can get. Man, let's give a snack to Miss Sparkles just for being a boss, okay? Yeah. We're going to call her the Trinidad Queen, yeah. okay? Yeah. Yes, Miss Sparkles. I love her. I love her. Today, we want to welcome you. you to the Black, Black Girls, Girls Inc. Inc. Family. family. Let's give her a snap. Yes. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yes, you got us a Trinidad Queen. Queen. That's her nickname here, Trinidad Queen. All right. I'll take it. I like that one. Yes. So please feel free to come on the show again. We would love to have you. How about another one of them? Yes. Come and talk about another one of your books, whatever you want to do. Read us some of the books so we can get know what she's talking about. Look, she said, come on and read us a little bit of the book. (laughs) Yeah. Read us the man's side, read us the woman's side. We would love to talk about both of them. Right. We would love to have you on the show again because you are now family. So whenever you well, I would love to be on again. I would be so glad to talk about it. And I do have a bit of a surprise for you that I did not tell you yesterday. Oh my goodness, hold up. Let me give myself another up. book that I am working on that should be coming out really, really soon. And it's top secret. I'm not even giving out the title yet. You're the first people to like be able to even talk about it. New book is going to be the very first time that I've done a sequel to any of my other books. So I just want you all to just kind of be aware of that. So maybe when the next book is ready, we'll be ready for another opportunity to come on your show. Yes, yes. Oh, girl, I'm a snap for that. She just gave us our first tea. Look. Hey. Yes. You're my first guest that gave us a little bit of sneak peek of a tea about yourself before you told anybody else. So thank you for doing that with us. We appreciate you. I'm glad to do that. And I will definitely send you some sneak peeks and stuff as well when we're almost at the end because, you know, that's really important. And I really want to be to, to come back again and talk again about, about the books because they're my, my labor of love. I love my books. I love what I'm doing. And, and I'm very, very appreciative. Thank you so much for having me on Black Girls Inc. Yes. Thank you so much to, to you, Sister, Sister Goose, and to, to Sugar Mama for having me on your program. I am so, so grateful. You're welcome. We are grateful for you, too. Thank, well, thank you. Thank you for shedding a new light on I sexuality. I know. She you know? shed a new light on sexuality and that it's not sex books. Right. Okay, right. they're stories. And it's okay It's okay to tell a man what you want uh-huh. and where to put it and how to put it. Uh, dang, she said it's okay. Yes, it's all right. It's all right. Well. And that is endorsed by me. I agree. I agree. You can't have nothing if you don't say what you want. Right, right. right. We can, say we both, that. We both can't get there if you get there first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just wow. true. It's true. That's why I love co-hosting with my mom, y'all. Okay, well, that was our show, everyone. I hope you all enjoyed it. Please make sure you go support your girl, Miss Sparkle Richards. Please support your girl. Yes, look up her website. Go order a book. I can't wait to read it. And when I do, I'm going to make sure I spill a little tea Mm. to let y'all know how it feels to read it with me and my boo-boo thing. Mm. So... Yes. 
All right. Well, until next time, this is Black Girls Inc. We'll see you later. Snap it out, ladies. There you go.